You're listening to News 9 Live podcast. I'm Neha. Delhi Chief Minister and Aam Aadmi Party Chief Arvind Kejriwal, who had significantly toned down his attack against the Prime Minister, has started to train his gun on Prime Minister Modi again. Mind you, this time Kejriwal is not holding back. One can argue that the arrest of two of his close aides, Manish Sisodia and Satyendra Jain, may have led Kejriwal to raise his pitch against the Prime Minister. Breathing fire during a session of the Delhi Assembly yesterday, Kejriwal, in an all-out attack against the Prime Minister, claimed that if ED and CBI were to probe the Adani allegations, it will in fact be the Prime Minister who will go down and not Gautam Adani. Kejriwal claimed that a BJP leader told him, and I quote, Adani is just a front, Modiji is the real investor. Adani is a manager who gets 10-20% commission. This is why Modiji does not want a JPC probe. If the investigation is carried out, then not Adani, but Modi will go down, unquote. After Rahul Gandhi's disqualification, Kejriwal, while talking to the media, referred to Prime Minister Modi as an arrogant, dictatorial and illiterate person and exhorted people to stand up against him. Kejriwal's dislike for the Prime Minister is not new and it is certainly not surprising. He's been trying to form a third branch to take on the BJP. Amadmi Party is now recognized as a national party after winning five seats in Gujarat. However, an important question that begs an answer is whether Arvind Kejriwal can dominate national politics and take on the might of the Narendra Modi government in 2024. I asked this in today's podcast, where I'm joined by senior journalist Nija Chaudhary. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Ma'am, has the arrest of two of Kejriwal's close aides forced him to go after Modi? Would you say that? Well, it's a very interesting uh, development in the last 24 hours that it's a no holds barred attack on the Prime Minister by Arvind Kejriwal. You know, it is reminiscent of Arvind Kejriwal in the days before he launched his Ahmadmi party. In the days of the Anna Hazari, Anna Hazari movement, if you recall, he would hold press conferences and attack politicians by name, attack them for corruption, and uh, many of them came within his ambit. So yesterday in the assembly was reminiscent of that Kejriwal. Now, why is he doing it? Because in, in the interim period between them and then and now, it was a much more measured and a political politically savvy Kejriwal that came to the fore. Now, is he rattled because two of his closest advisors, they were very close to him, the two ministers, Satyendra Jain and Manish Sidosisodia, that they are in jail? Is he rattled by that? Or is, he, is it again a very calculated move to occupy the space that, in a sense, Rahul Gandhi has vacated now that he's been disqualified? The leadership of the entire opposition space, that is open for grabs. Now, is this the way to do it? That's another question. Because he's made, uh, uh, you know, some things are fine, the charges he's made, but other things he's made, you know, very specific charges against the prime minister without any proof. Of course, speaking in the assembly gives him a certain immunity. But, uh, you know, after all, uh, voters of Aam Aadmi Party vote for him in the assembly elections, and they are the ones who go back to BJP in the national elections. We've seen this in the last elections. 
So uh, why is he? They, they probably don't like him becoming so shrill in his attack of Narendra Modi. So why is he doing it? I think one of the things is that Rahul Gandhi was beginning to be seen as the main face uh, uh, to take on Narendra Modi, even though he'd not been accepted in that position by the opposition parties, because he had launched a very strident attack against the Prime Minister. Now, do, does he think that that is the mood of those opposed to the BJP and therefore playing to that gallery? I don't know. But it is very... Uh, it is very uncharacteristic of Narendra uh, of uh, Arvind Kejriwal, who has been politically savvy, from what we have seen in the way he's played his cards in the last years. Right, ma'am. An attack against Prime Minister Modi has led the opposition to nowhere. How far will it take Kejriwal? That remains to be seen. You know, the mood uh, in the country, so, as far as one can make out, the Prime Minister hasn't, despite the attack on Adani and the opposition will keep at it. And uh, Kejriwal is also keeping at it. Uh, Prime Minister's popularity hasn't slumped that much. He holds his, you know, he holds his own. Uh, as far as that goes, BJP's popularity may have gone down, but not the Prime Minister's. And therefore... And then to call, uh, you know, what I found very extraordinary and odd was that he should call the PM uneducated. Now, nothing could be, uh, nothing could be more uh, elitist than that. And for a man who's given so much attention to education, uh, the prime minister, whatever his qualifications, degrees, we don't want to go into all that. But certainly he's shown enormous savvy in terms of understanding the pulse of the people of India and using commun the latest technology, the tools of communication uh, for the benefit of his party. And, uh, you know, which is not something that many prime ministers have been able to do. So to call him uneducated, somebody who who may not have had formal education may or may not. There is a lot of controversy about this. You you know it is it shows as I said um, an elitism, which is which which make, makes me very uncomfortable in a democracy because somebody has not had the opportunity to get a PhD. Uh, it doesn't mean they're not bright or not savvy or not uh, sharp in what they're doing. So that is, a, and particularly when the elite versus the subaltern is a is a part of the Modi narrative. Why is it the small town uh, in India, small town India identifies with the prime minister today? Why is it that aspirational India identifies with him? He's reached out to them because they see him have coming up the ranks. And why is it that the dynasty, uh, his notes against the dynasty, uh, those born with a silver spoon, has resonance? So th th from that point of, from the political point of view also, it's it's uh, incomprehensible to me why Kejriwal, otherwise so savvy, should strike those notes. Right. Can Kejriwal be the opposition's face against Prime Minister in 2024? Does Kejriwal have it in him? Look, I think that is something that will not be decided, I think, before the elections. That if the opposition was to be in a position to cobble together a coalition government, that the issue of leadership is likely to be decided after the polls. 
and whether Kejriwal is going to be accepted as the person, he of course has two states under his belt, but uh, and he's looked at with interest by large sections in the country because he had taken on Modi and had uh, got the better of him in these states. So um, I think difficult to say, but as numbers go, um, you know, what the lineup is going to be is not going to be individual parties. You may find parties pulling their, you know, strength arithmetic together. So you may have a Congress versus an entire phalanx of parties saying our candidate, our common candidate will be this. That is in the, what I think in the not so likely <laughs> a scenario as of now that the opposition is going to be able to get the better of Narendra Modi in 2024. Okay. Ma'am, what has forced Kejriwal to join the opposition now after maintaining equidistance from both Congress and BJP all these years? I think uh, um, that is his fashion, a very pro-Hindu without being an anti-minority politics, realizing the Hinduization of the Hindus that's taken place. He's used the Hindu symbols to reach out to people. So in a sense, he has... Uh, uh, tried to beat the BJP at its own game. Uh, now, will he continue to do that or he feels that he has to join hands with the other opposition parties to be able to make a difference? I think he's probably moving in that direction now. All right. Ma'am, by siding with Congress, has Kejriwal totally divorced the cause for which the party came into being since, you know, AAP was born out of a popular moment against corruption during the Congress regime? Yeah, AAP was born out of the anti-corruption movement and uh, the Hazare movement. And uh, uh, certainly, well, AAP ceased to be a party with a difference some time ago. Uh, it's like any other party, except it had a leader uh, who was, as I said, seen as politically sharp and savvy and with political reflexes to respond to a situation. So... Uh, and he has managed in a short while, as I said, to win Delhi twice and to win Punjab so handsomely. Uh, that That is credit to him. Uh, and whereas the, the the Congress lost out in both states, Congress could have could, had everything going for it when Mr. Channi was the CM, but they couldn't encash the Dalit card at all. So uh, I think everything is in, in the melting pot at the moment. It's in a state of flux as far as the opposition is concerned. Each party will try to strengthen its individual base. And then before the 2024 elections, they will try and see how much they can support each other in different states. Um, and the game will really uh, play out after the elections. Right. Ma'am, finally, before I wrap it up, has the Adani issue coupled with Rahul Gandhi's disqualification and the ED-CBI crackdown on opposition leaders dented BJP's 2024 prospects? I think it's early to say that because uh, Adani issue, a lot of people, uh, ordinary people, armed janta has heard about Adani. But the Adani issue has not yet become like Boffers did during Rajiv Gandhi's time. Everybody had heard it. 
um, people used to say it wasn't only linked to nationalism, whether, you know, there was Gotala and the gun deal. It was also uh, synonymous with bribe. It's make it now buffers, people used to ask. It had gone down to that level. So I don't think that's become yet. Uh, much will depend on how the opposition goes for it. The Congress is flogging their issue much more than several of the opposition parties are. So uh, whether it will become the issue in 24. I don't know. Uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, and whether those charges will stick to the Prime Minister, that remains to be seen. Or whether they, it will be different issues, what people, you know, much more utilitarian issues of what have I got out of it? Have I got a pension? Have I got insurance? Have I got uh, grain? Have I got, you know, uh, gas cylinder, bijli pani? You know, I have these things come to me and therefore, I vote for, um, uh, because of the social welfare measures, I vote for the Prime Minister. You know, one very interesting thing that BJP is now playing on uh, and needs to be watched more carefully is the Mandal card in right. Karnataka. So, uh, the, you know, the affirmative action, that also is something that, 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 uh, that needs to be watched, even at the national level. Right, ma'am, I'll end the discussion on that note. Thank you for joining me. Thank you all for listening. 